you're listening to Leadership Loading, a podcast that inspires leaders to be continuous learners and provides insight for those making the leap from the front line to the boardroom. My name is Jason McLaren, and I'm an Air Force firefighter veteran and safety expert turned entrepreneur and nonprofit director. I'm sitting down with industry leaders to talk about their leadership traits and lessons they have learned that can make an impact on future leaders. Hey everybody, it's Jason McLaren with Leadership Loading Podcast, and today we're talking about leadership and millennial leadership and millennials in management with Dr. Jennifer Wisdom. Uh, Want to welcome her to the show. She's got 25 years of experience, and probably even more than that. We'll talk about it. But she's you know she's been in the military, nonprofit service, uh, higher education, uh, all all around well-rounded leader. Uh, she got her you know capping it off with her PhD in clinical psychology and her master's in public health. So once again, all around, well-rounded leader. She's a consultant with Wisdom Consulting and has a couple of books we're gonna talk about, but uh, Jennifer, Dr. Jennifer, I just wanna welcome you to the show. Thank you so much, it's such a pleasure. Definitely. So yeah, let's start. Can you tell the audience a little bit about your background more than what I just did? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So as I was finishing high school, it became clear to me that my family did not have money to support me going to college. Uh, so I, I am determined. I decided to join the military, and uh, it's been a while. So Iraq invaded Kuwait in 1990 when I was in basic training, uh, which definitely gave me a different perspective. So I'm now also a war veteran, as it turns out. So I worked in the Army for about four years as a photojournalist, which was amazing. Best job in the Army by far, although I would say maybe there are other things that, that people love. Uh, but I had a great time because I am a nerd through and through had so much fun. So I was stationed in Germany and stationed in California, uh, went to some training at the now closed uh, Fort Benjamin Harrison in Indiana, uh, really had a great time. And then as I was doing that work, realized what I really love is talking to people and finding out more about them. So I ended up moving, I, I went to my, went to undergrad while I was in the military, every time I could around deployments, around everything else, going to school at night and on the weekends, and then applied for graduate school and worked in psychology. And I've been in academic institutions for quite some time. Again, I'm a nerd, I love school. Uh, so I've been affiliated with universities for quite some time and now I'm out on my own. Uh, universities keep pulling me back. <laughs> so I'm uh, absolutely happy to keep working with them. And I specialize in healthcare. Um, I uh, finished the military after four years at the rank of Sergeant, which E5, which means I went to the primary leadership development course and that what that got me really hooked on both leadership and training uh and that has been a thread that has seen me through everything and continues this day awesome it sounds like i'm just a couple years behind you i'm really big nerd and i'm in my doctorate program now uh, my i'm in my first semester so awesome uh, definitely you know i've done the teaching you know i taught at snhu for a semester um and i just you don't realize how much work those professors have to do, even when it's like an adjunct position. Right. Um, and I just couldn't balance it at the time. But um, uh, it's funny. You're the second photojournalist veteran I have had on the, the on the show. If um, anyone's listening, go back to the, of course, I don't have the episode pulled up, but I'll put in the notes. Um, I had a couple, a photojournalist and her boyfriend who was a uh, JTAC. And so uh, a couple there, but um Definitely. And you talked about military and uh, doing your, your school while you're in the military. I think that was one area I really didn't take advantage of was doing my undergraduate degree while I was in the military. I did seven years. Um, and I think 
for me, the, the put off was that when I went to the tuition assistance office and said, Hey, I want to go to school. You know, they're like, well, we're only going to let you do one class at a time because they, what I didn't understand is they've seen the history with people fail and trying to work full time and, and take classes full time. So that's why right. they do that. But I don't know if I didn't listen or didn't pay attention, but I was like, well, I don't want to just do, I want to get this thing done. And that's just the, the go getter in me. And so I didn't take advantage of it uh, because yeah. I, I, I worked 24 on 24 off as a firefighter. And a lot of times at the firehouse, we were, you know, if anybody knows firefighters, we sit around most of the time waiting for calls. So I had yeah. plenty of time to take, take classes. Unfortunately, this was, you know, the uh, online learners at its infancy. So I didn't have a lot right. of time to do it. And I didn't want to waste my two, my one day off uh, going to class. And sure. so I think I just kind of set myself up for failure there, but you know, I got out, used my GI bill and uh, mm -hmm. got my undergrad, but um, yeah, definitely. If you're in the military, take care of the, take a, take a chance on those undergrads. Yeah. I, I, especially if you're, I understand if you're doing 20 years, um, you should at least come out with your undergrad, if not a master's. Um, yeah. I know, I know some airmen right now working on their PhD. So it's uh, definitely something to do. So, all right, cut, let's uh, move over into active, active leadership and, and act, you know, mm -hmm. being in the workforce. So one thing we were talking about this before we started recording is that, um, uh, military especially and even even lower level frontline workers have problems translating their leadership skills into the actions they already do so the you have a you have a talk about five leadership skills that you're probably already doing uh -huh. uh, it's a talk or a keynote i can't remember but uh mm -hmm. so let's talk about that a little bit how you know how can people you know get into that yeah, absolutely. So one of the big differences between being in the military and being not in the military is that meetings are generally more um, collaborative outside of the military. The military, you're used to taking orders and executing the mission outside. People want to know what you think. So one of the skills you're doing, you're probably already doing, is providing feedback and contributing to the meeting in a helpful way. And helpful way, what that means is you're trying to move the mission forward. Um, the mission of whatever that organization is doing. So whether that's uh, coming to a decision or doing check-ins or whatever it is, you're not distracting the meeting. You're not taking people out on tangents. And then when things get off course, you can actively help bring it back. Another thing you're probably already doing is providing mentoring to other people. Um, I think a lot of times people feel like, well, I'm, I'm 22, I just got out of the army, or I'm only 20, what, I, don't, I don't know how to do anything. But there are people out there who would love to have the skills and experiences you have. And the more you work with other people and help them and just provide the opportunity, it one, it helps everything work better because then these people know stuff you don't. Two, it helps you build relationships and people trust you. And three, I think it's just fun. Again, super nerd, but I love it when people get something and understand something they didn't before. That brings me such joy. So I really love doing that. I think for resumes, as you mentioned, I think there are some challenges and I know there are organizations uh, affiliated with the military that are looking at, like they'll walk you through and help you do it. And I do this sometimes with folks too about bulking up their military, their military experience into a civilian resume. I think on the civilian side, people are looking for accomplishments. They're also looking for numbers. They're looking for, I led six people to do this, or we managed $4,000 worth of equipment. 
or if you're responsible for a tank, what is that like hundred thousand dollars, three hundred thousand right. dollars? I don't know. Like you're managing all this equipment. People love seeing that. So there are a lot of ways to pull that out into your resume experience. You talked about uh, mentorship, and I think a lot of people don't think of themselves as mentors, especially the younger the younger rank and file and the frontline leaders uh, or the frontline uh, staff and uh, you know non-military organizations. But I always tell my guys, look, you know, somebody most likely in this organization or in our department is newer than you. So you're always mentoring them, even though you don't have that title mentor or you don't have a, a job description that says mentor, you're still mentoring them because I'm sure you're showing them how to do something or you're, you know, walking them through, okay, this is how this meeting's going to run. And they're doing the mentorship. They just don't, they don't have that hat. So they, they don't take credit for it. Um, right. And then you talked about, uh, organizations outside the military that can help you translate. Uh, do you have any in your head? Cause I have one I, I can talk about. No, go oh, ahead. Okay. Uh, so yeah, American corporate partners. Uh, it's a, it's a nonprofit. They're, they're funded. I, I believe they're funded by organ companies and uh, don't quote me on that, but I was part of the, I was one of their mentees and they partner you, you tell them, Hey, this is what I want to do when I get out. Or if you're already out, you say, this is what I want to do. And then they partner with their companies that they partner with and they give you a mentor. And so, yeah, it's the same thing. Like you were saying, uh, I, my, my mentor, it's a year project. And then we met, I believe at least once a month, if not twice a month. And, you know, first thing, the first meeting, he said, bring your resume. I brought it to him. He's like, uh, it's all right, but you know, you can, you need to work on it. You know, cause I just, uh, my, my backstory is I had 20 days from the day, uh, I was told I was getting out of the military and I was walking off base. So I had no transition time. So what did I do when I got out? I Googled resume templates and then Perfect. <laughs> filled it out as much as I could. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, like you said, I was like trying to find numbers and I was like, Oh, well, I worked on this aircraft and it was, you know, $22 million, but you know, I'm just using numbers off the internet that I find and, you know, I had no, no game plan. And uh, yeah, he helped me format, you know, and, and get my resume mm -hmm. up, up to speed. And of course I've had to update it. You know, that was a, uh, six, seven years ago. And of course the formats uh -huh. have changed and, and yeah. requirements have changed, but yeah, American corporate partners for anyone listening, I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, it's, like I said, it's free program for military vets. Uh, they partner you with top level guys at the, the, uh, the agencies. Yeah. And I actually, I would say also helmets to hard hats is a great program for transition and that helps transition people into construction fields. Uh, I've mm -hmm. been doing some work on uh, how, how to help millennials get into the construction fields and it's so much more broad than I think most people, it's certainly than I ever thought. There's so many different opportunities to do things. You don't have to be a big, strong, large person to do it. There are all kinds of jobs for people of all genders, all sizes, everything. It's open and it's a really good transition activity where you don't really need a resume. You just need to be clear that you're willing to learn and work hard and you can move forward. So that could potentially be a transition activity or you never know, you might really like it. Definitely. That's how I got my transition out of the military was in the construction type industry. Mm -hmm. I went into fire. I was a firefighter. So I went into fire safety and nice. a lot of that is managing construction projects, you know, reviewing architectural plans for fire, fire issues, uh, that sort of thing. And um, yeah, definitely. It's not always just looking for people swinging a hammer or that can run a drill or something. Right. They're so pretty much their, their own company obviously, you know, so they've got COOs, they've got CEOs, they've got managers. And, you know, uh, right now my full-time job, I'm a safety manager for a company. And um, all that was built up off my firefighting career because I'm still looking at 
the same stuff I was looking at as a firefighter. I've just built up over the years my uh, knowledge base. So cool. All right, so we're filming. This is uh, filming. Uh, we're recording this during <laughs> coronavirus. Uh, right now, uh, at the time of this recording, we're still going through coronavirus. We're in month six or seven, something like that, and uh, lots of change going on. And, and you talk about managing through change, and I've had to struggle with this, managing people through this change and explaining to them all these changes going on. But that's not just new to coronavirus. We have changes all the time. Companies are evolving. So can you talk a little bit about leading yourself and your team through change a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I do a lot of change management with organizations and of course everything changes in everything that I've done. Uh, so I think there's a couple of things that might make it more, might make it helpful for people when they're thinking about leading through change. So one is being transparent and being open around as much as you can say. Of course, you might not be able to say everything, but whatever you can tell your staff, talk to them and be open around, this is what's happening, this is what might happen, these are reasonable concerns, and, and give them an opportunity to talk with you. Again, not as, that's not as common in the military, but in the outside world, generally people want to, want to chat about what they're worried about. And if you don't have answers, you can tell them, I don't know. Um, but I think that being transparent and open is really clear. Second is letting people know throughout a transition of any kind how much you value them. And this is, I think, under, underdone everywhere, but saying, you know, Jason, I really appreciate you're coming to work every day and you're, you're, you're keeping the spir your spirits up and you're really helping the other junior staff thanks so much. I know it's a tough time, but I really appreciate what you're doing. That can go so far for helping staff understand that you appreciate them as people and you see them because many times organizational changes or even big things like this can help diminish our sense of humanity or make us feel like we're cogs in a corporate wheel or something like that, where if you're as a manager, your manager or leader, your job is to connect with folks and help keep them going. Yeah, and I've had the unfortunate, uh, the big change, obviously, with layoffs. And uh, at two different companies, uh, I was at one a university here, and uh, they did a big restructuring. I always compare it to Office Space. If you watch Office Space, mm -hmm. they went to everybody and said, what do you do here? And they yeah. determined that there's a lot of duplication. So yeah. um, I had the unfortunate part of having to talk to my staff about all that. But uh Fortunately, uh, we restructured and I was able to move to a different career, which I wanted to do. But and the same thing with the another company I was at, uh, they did a restructuring and, and the same thing. But, uh, but yeah, like you said, I just I talked to my staff, said, hey, this is what I know. This is what, you know, I, you know I'm not going to tell anything I was told not to tell. But uh, luckily, our leadership was pretty open about it and didn't tell us anything that we weren't able to forward on. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, telling them, hey, this is what's going on. This is why we're doing it. Um, this is how they're doing it and kind of just laying it all out and, and making sure that um, they're able to plan ahead if they need to and, and kind of not be uh, stuck out there. So, and I think they like yeah. that. So. Yeah, absolutely. And kindness is free. I mean, some mm -hmm. people feel like they, in order to be a good leader, they need to be tough and gruff and unapproachable, but that is not, I don't think that's very realistic. I, I guess if that's your personality, do that, but being kind to people really helps. I remember a situation I was in a few years ago where I was being faced with having to lay off some staff and found out, you know, someone who wasn't a very good worker. And I was thinking about how that goes. And it turns out 
her daughter had just had a baby and her mother was sick and like all these other things are going on. And even though I wasn't particularly happy with her work situation or her, the way she was doing her work, I could have empathy as a person. And I could, I could say, I know this is a hard time and let's talk about steps for moving forward and how we might be able to resolve this. And again, that's free. It doesn't hurt anybody and it makes you more human. It makes you more approachable. And that person ended up being able to take a little bit of time off and come back so strong in part because she knew I cared about her and she did, wasn't, didn't see me just dismissing her or not appreciating all of the things she was trying really hard to juggle. Definitely. And that all goes back to one of my tenets of servant, servant leadership and mm -hmm. situational leadership and making sure that you're flexible to those types of needs. Yeah, so. sure. Awesome. And so when you're not on podcast, you're hosting a podcast and it's called, <laughs> called Millennial Wisdom Podcast. And uh, she talks to, or Dr. Wisdom talks to guests about the, the these challenges we've been talking about today. And so uh, you want to talk about a little more? Sure, sure. So I, I am so fascinated with this issue of millennials. And I know many millennials don't like being called millennials. And I joke that the greatest generation is what happens when a generation gets to name itself. And I didn't like being called Gen X either, but that's okay. I now consider myself millennial adjacent. So I, I write for millennials. I write with millennials. I work with millennials all the time. I adore the energy and the spunk and the resilience. Oh my God, millennials are so resilient. You have been faced with a lot of crap <laughs> and millennials are so friggin' strong. So my podcast talks to millennials about what they're doing, what they're up to. Everybody's got a side hustle. Everybody's trying to get somewhere and do something and find themselves and be good people and make the world a better place. And I just I get so much joy out of it. It just makes me so happy. And it's available for anyone who wants to listen. Uh, if you want to be a guest, you can reach out to us. But the, the, and it's available on all the places where podcasts are. Yep, I'll put that in the show notes. Um, I'm a, uh, I was born in 81, so I'm really early millennial. Uh -huh. And so it's, people call me a millennial, but I, I say, well, I, I really, I, I am obviously, but I, I resonate with the Gen X also yeah. because yeah. I was so early in the millennials. Uh, so I have a lot of that and, and, you know, it's really hard for me to get, not get along, but, um, uh, was it resonate with a person that's born like the late millennial, like 96, you know, yeah. you know, I meet somebody and they're like, Oh, I was born in 96. I'm like, Oh, you're young. And I'm like, wait, I'm still, you know, I'm a one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I think with, as far as like our technology side, I'm, you know, I'm obviously on the millennial side. I, I know a lot more about technology than a Gen Xer. Uh, but then like on the like historical type, uh, you know, pop culture type stuff, I'm more on that mm -hmm. Gen X side. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. I give talks a lot on intergenerational communication. And when I ask people to talk about stereotypes of different generation, it, it is fascinating. It is so amazing. And, and it, people like no one likes being stereotyped and yet the stereotypes come from at least a kernel of truth and then trying to figure out how to work with them whether you're as a leader or with your colleagues or with your bosses it's so important and the the rubric of generations can help guide you obviously it's not an end-all be-all but it still can guide you in how to work with folks and a lot of millennials that i've talked to have bosses who are older than them 
So then they have challenges there sometimes. And of course, the older people sometimes have challenges working with a younger boss or working with an older boss. So those things happen and there are ways through it. And, you know, again, being respectful, being kind doesn't cost you anything and it really helps. Yeah, I remember taking on my first director job and I was over two guys that were within like a year or two of retirement and they were just look at me like I didn't know what I was talking about. So, Right, right. And many more companies, you mentioned people being reluctant to mentor. Many more companies, and then I think informally as well, are starting to, people are starting to set up what's called kind of reverse mentoring, where you have a junior person mentoring an older person on something that the older person doesn't know. And so I joke, like, I will teach cursive for TikTok understanding, because I don't understand TikTok but I know how to write in cursive, right. but there's lots of different ways on a workplace. That's kind of more of a joke, but on a workplace, there are a lot of places where I think older people really want to know how to do some of these things, or could you explain why this is going viral and like how this is popular right now, or help me understand. And I think there's a way to use those conversations to build respect. Definitely. I'm, I'm, once again, I'm the millennial guy on my team at my full-time job, and I always get tasked with the, okay, you go learn this technology and bring it back and dumb it down for us. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Good deal. All right, so let's talk a little bit about your books. You got a couple books out? Yeah, I do. I do. I have done so much mentoring and teaching over the years that I finally started. I'm just going to start putting it in books. So I started with Millennials Guide to Work, which is for younger millennials and Gen Z folks, uh, and, you know, people of all ages who have different challenges uh, at work. We have Millennials Guide to Management and Leadership, which is for millennials who are interested in management and leadership positions or those who are already in them. And then coming out in October is Millennials Guide to the Construction Trades, which provides a lot of information about different trades, what kinds of values and qualities are important for people working in the trades, and then how to address some challenges. And then all the books are structured with a whole bunch of challenges. And then within each challenge you can go to, and there will be 10 to 15 or 20 things you can do. So for example, uh, I'm not motivated at work or my colleagues uh, take credit for my work or my boss is a jerk or I wanna get promoted. Any of those kinds of things, it's all in there and a bunch of things you can try one at a time, you can try doing them all at once or any combination, and those will at least help you move forward in what toward whatever goals you want to reach. Great. Now those are all on Amazon, I guess. Yes, yes. Right. Construction guides isn't out. The right. Millennials Guide to the Construction Trades isn't out yet, but the other two are on Amazon and wherever books are sold. Awesome. Yeah. Right, so I always ask my guests, what is your one minute leadership tip if you had to get an elevator pitch uh, on the elevator for leadership? Yes. Okay. So here it goes. Really important to a leader that you know yourself, that you know what you're good at and what you're not good at. And then once you have that, you can work toward surrounding yourself with people who complement the places where you're less strong. Many leaders try to go into it and say, I'm going in as if I know everything and then everyone around me needs to be small people that just do what I say. But that is not effective at all. And people don't like working in those kinds of environments. And it puts so much pressure on you as the leader to know everything. So if you know yourself, you can find those people who compliment you and can make the whole team stronger. Then you feel 
like everything's not on your shoulders. You have a team to work with, an actual team. You also can trust yourself more. You can trust your staff and then everyone's happier and they get more done. Definitely. And, and being that I was in the construction field, you have to do that because there's so many different trades, so many different codes and regulations. And, you know, I, I couldn't know it all. You know, I'd, I'd be running a team of 14, 15 guys. And so I'd ping out who had the strengths, you know, okay, this is my painter guy. This is my plumber guy, you know, and then if I had a painting project come up and I'd go look at it and, you know, couldn't figure out, okay, what kind of, what do we need to do on this? You know, I bring him right. in, he'd tell me, I'd be like, okay, sounds good, you know, and use their expertise and make sure that, um, you know, it's going to look nice and, and everything's going to work out. So. All right. So how can people get a hold of you uh, if we want to hear some more? Super. Uh, my website is leadwithwisdom.com. The Millennials Guides books are at millennialsguides.com. And then you can always reach out to me, jennifer at leadwithwisdom.com. And I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and love hearing from people. Ask me whatever questions you got. If you have an idea for a book, you want to be on the podcast, any questions about anything we talked about today, would love to hear from you. All right. Thanks, Dr. Wisdom, for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge. My pleasure and honor. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for listening to the Leadership Loading Podcast. You can support this podcast on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash leadership loading to get access to exclusive content, chats, and a whole lot more. Again, that's patreon.com slash leadership loading or visit our website, leadershiploading.com for more options.